Hey, what's up? So, Avalanche. Let's talk about it. What's, what's an avalanche? The snow comes down real fast, fierce, gains momentum. But I'm not talking about the natural disaster. Or if it's not really a disaster, I guess, if no one's around. But anyways, avalanche. What is it? You've heard about it. Now you're going to hear some more. It's an open source platform for launching decentralized finance applications, right? DeFi. That's what you want. Developers who build on Avalanche can easily create powerful, reliable, secure applications and custom blockchain networks with complex rule sets or build an existing private or public subnet. Right. I think what you should do right now is stop what you're doing. Even if it's listening to this podcast, stop, pull over, go to the gas station if you need to go to a subway. There's a subway like everywhere. There's always a subway. All right. Right, there's always a Kroger. Just stop in a parking lot somewhere. Go to avalabs.org to learn more. All right, stop. Go to avalabs. That's A-V-A labs, L-A-B-S dot org. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's a Bitcoin Podcast. Yo, it's another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. Welcome back to it. Uh, you know, I'm the first host that talks first. My name is D. I am another host, Dr. Corey Petty. Petty, Petty. Um, the third host. And I'm Jesse Broke. Oh, man. You That's went right. You went with the numbering. You've, you've, you've succumbed to the numbering system. <laughs> I like, like number okay. three. It's all good. Three is a great number. It's got good it symmetry is. groups. It's got um, it's it's uh, it's it's prime. It's required you know? to make a plane. A number of dimensions or number of, number of sides or points. Absolutely. Trying to get it, like uh, solids. Let's do it. It uh, you know it's the required number of points to accurately measure an arc as well. Mm. Um. It's a good one. Look at, look at you, mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, um, not to be confused with Arch, you architect snobs. But anyways, uh, you heard that art. You heard that ad from Ava. Um, let me tell you something. All right, this isn't even an ad. This is just D talking. Um, Dimitric, that's my name. Uh, I've been in crypto for a while now. I'm not I'm not balls deep like Corey or taint deep like Jesse. But um, I do know that crypto has these like repeating patterns. And it seems like whenever one technology is getting a little bit. 
too much use for its sold uh, promises to be authentic, um, something new pops up and it pops up in a way and allows things that weren't allowed by the previous hotness. Um, I'm thinking that's going to be our, and that's just me talking. Um, Why do you think I've that? looked at it? Because one, it behaves differently. So there are physical changes. Well, well, from what I understand, if nobody's using it, there's no feed, there's no mining, there's no nothing going on. So you don't really, that to me is way different. That there was is, a shocker. There piece. is no man. There's no mining. Mining isn't a thing. Yeah. And it, 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 uh, it's almost like they took those technologies, like consensus algorithms and, um, the maths and they just kind of flipped it a little bit. And well, what we, it just, what you come to expect from the blockchain world is a relic of how Nakamoto consensus works. The heartbeat of the network and block time is and yeah. like a block happening every specific amount of time is a consequence of how Nakamoto consensus works. It has to have that. And then that has been kind of bled into um, the foundation of how people think about this stuff. But in terms of distributed consensus, like how a group of people across the globe who might be adversarial come to an agreement on a piece of information together at the same time is doesn't re- doesn't require it to have a block time it just they just need to come together on agreement about a piece of information that's all that's the, that's what you need to do so like mm-hmm. a lot of the things that people like assume are a part of blockchains is because nakamoto consensus forces some of those things like block time and block size and a heartbeat of a network and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like in the original paper, Satoshi talks about it being a time stamping system. Which you guys may it remember works from, really well. uh, from uh, your uh, What the Header. Yeah, that's right. That was a good episode of What the Header. That We learned more in that abstract about ourselves, Jesse, and the universe than, you know, most other things that we read and do on what the header. I was about to say, who are you taking that? I've read some pretty good stuff lately. <laughs> Every time I start talking, Jesse's like, oh fuck, what's he gonna what's he gonna say? How am I gonna have to juke or dance? No, um I don't know. It, it looks pretty decent. Uh I'm a fan of uh Dr. Uh, Goon Sarir as well. Um used to read his blog. Seems like a man who knows his shit. But that's not what today's show. Today's show isn't a, uh, we're not going to sit here tickling Avalanche, uh, you know, tickling them in the small of their back. This isn't that kind of show. All right. Today, why are you laughing, Corey? Because you know that's an interesting thing to say. Like, that it's a go-to from. move. You know that's a, go- it's a go-to move. Um, at least I think it's a go-to move. As long as you got to tickle the back. Uh, so, um, Yesterday I went on a rant. I mean, it's like, huh? It wasn't that long, but it, it's, it's a big day. in my head it felt like an eternity. Yeah, when I read it in the, on my phone, it seemed like it was a lot longer, and then I pulled it up before the show, and it's like, oh, it's not that long. It's not that long, um, but it can be. And before I started that rant, I felt like Russell Crowe and Gladiator when he's walking through the field. Which now that I'm older, I know he's actually walking through heaven. But when I was younger, I was just like, I don't understand the scene whatsoever. But um, so, I, so I'm walking through the fields of grain 
and I go into this conversation. Somebody asked a very innocent question. Sorry, Yaga, Yagi, not Yaga. But um, he says, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, Would you like me to read it? I got it right he here. He says, he says, yeah, you be Yagi, I'll be me. Or, or right. should we flip it? I will just, you be you. Where did this happen? You, def- you definitely <laughs> be you. It's in the general channel, dude. All right. I'm trying uh, to find it. I'll just read. It's like, it's like right there. <laughs> it's something like a few <laughs> things have been said since then. Uh, so this happened 4.30 yesterday after Joe Blau okay. said nice. LOL. Uh, anyone recall a podcast on the TVP network? I think it was hashing it out where a guy was working on where a guy was working on research heavy organization looking to redo the internet from the ground up and blockchain was some magic part of the solution. Trying to remember what project company it was, not no avalanche related. The guy basically shit all over F and F 2.0. Yep. So then I ran in like ultimate warrior at this point. No, I didn't. I didn't. All I said was, I mean, that's like every fourth guest since 2016. So, you know, we do like at the time we were doing the network, that was almost 100 podcasts a year we were putting out. Um, no, it was more than that. It was more 150, than 150 like, podcasts. We're doing like a year. three to four episodes a week. Yeah. And, um, it's like every fourth guest we had that was like, we're rebuilding everything you thought you knew about what you didn't know about what you thought you knew. And it was just this huge, <laughs> like, uh, inception bois circle jerk fest for years. We've been dealing with this. And so I went on a miniature rant and I said, honestly, I'm tired of hearing, uh, hearing that talking point. I said, I'm tired of hearing that talking point. To be honest, I want more pragmatic founders. And I put in quotation, uh, this is going to make it easy for businesses to automate accounts receivable collecting. That's a use case. That's something blockchain could do, but no one cares to say something simple like that. You know, I said, why does everything have to change the world? And this is kind of like a broader thing, like that whole, I think it's like a Silicon Valley theme or a tech company founding theme that like, we're going to change the world. And it's just so fucking annoying. It's like, it's it's childish and it's amateur. And it's like, why are you trying to change the world? Like, don't change the world. How about you like change something smaller and then hope it, it becomes something bigger, right? But then here we go. What about, uh, here's another use case. What about, uh, this is going to allow individuals to more accurately assess their yearly tax exposure. That would be something that would be awesome. We have uh, probably hundreds of thousands of people in crypto now who are trading and interacting with these new technologies, um, totally unbeknownst that these new technologies are actually money. And when you're dealing with money, Uncle Sam's going to get his. He's going to get his. All right. You've said that. You've seen the picture. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've said it for a long time. Uncle Sam, you've seen the picture. It's not even like an inviting picture. I don't know why so many um, people want to migrate here where it's Uncle Sam and he's old and he's pointing and he says, I want you, you know, and he's he looks really you know, creepy with the that's fucking, from right. That's from like joining the draft for war. Yeah, I know, but it's so unappealing. But Uncle Sam, uh, you know, he's gonna get his. All right, here's another use case. How about this one? This is really neat. This allows your kids' allowance to be paid in the crypto of their choosing. What if you are a parent and what if you want to say, Hey, child, now that I've taught you how to count dollars and five dollar bills and twenty dollar bills. I'm going to teach you about this other money. It's called digital money. It's cryptocurrency. 
and I want to actually pay you in this cryptocurrency. You know, there's not a lot of people out there doing that, but the ones that are, is anybody making tools for them to do by that the way, easier? By the way, we may talk about like interesting use cases or things that people could just go do that aren't changing the world, but it would be useful nowadays. And if we're unaware of somebody actually doing this, then let us know, like join the Slack and tell us or tweet us or something so that like we can interview them and talk about it because like I, I maybe I feel a similar vein and I, I'm a culprit of this. I work for status and we're trying to change a lot of things, like build a lot of infrastructure, which is required when not a lot of the infrastructure works really well. And so everyone wants to be the guy that has the platform work girl hashtag feminism that has the platform that like everybody uses and build something on. Everyone wants to do that because it's a, it's possible that you can, it's not one of those situations where like, well, this is clearly the, 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 the winner and everyone needs to use this thing because that's, it's just, it, it's the best way to go. Like that, like it's the best way to go. Hasn't been figured out yet. There's so much room for innovation and development and technical difficulties and trade-offs and all these types of things that like, it's, it's almost in terms of a risk assessment, difficult to justify spending a lot of time on something so simple because if it's simple it's making a lot of like decisions for the user and it's not general it's just like this is how it works this is what it does and if the thing that it is built upon isn't going to last for a long time and it may be difficult to pivot or like change the narrative on what this thing does then you may be wasting some time no, I would argue you've learned a lot and you can just redo it because it's a simple project and it shouldn't take that hard. And I want people to build simple projects that actually help people like accounting software like that, small business services, simple shit. But it's, I'm just, I'm arguing that justifying doing that when the foundations aren't built and agreed upon is a more difficult thing to do. Like everyone builds software these days because they have all the tools to do so. And it's all been... It's all been kind of abstracted into just these simple things you glue together, like puzzle pieces you glue together using, you know, Node.js or some shit. We don't have that in the blockchain world. We need it. We, well, we, we need I more I have things. I got 40,000 ideas that I would love to do that mm -hmm. are relatively simple. You should write down 10,000 of them. I don't like writing. And then give us a thousand of that ten thousand. I really hate writing. I really do. Then put get to the dragon software and just talk into space like uh Captain Picard. I do that. It's called this podcast. Like <laughs> Well, we can't just put all our ideas out there on the street. It's Why capitalism. Not? You gonna do it? We gotta you gonna do it. No, but shit, somebody might, and if they do, I want your name on it. You know what I'm saying? Eh. Like I'll have more ideas. The ideas never stop flowing. I, I don't like that idea. Like a scarcity of ideas. Like you just throw them out there. Someone, if someone's going to do it, they should do it. Yeah. One of the best ideas I ever had was tickling the small of the back. Actually, gave me some great results. So when we, <laughs> so when we go back to the rant. All right. Uh, here's another. Here's another thing. What about a tool? I know. I know you smarty smarts. You big brains out there with your big brain energy can make it so that, you know, if I have, if I'm a business, I'm looking at my balance sheet weekly. All right. 
looking at it, looking at the transactions on my balance sheet, making sure it matches up with my PL. And hey, how about I uh, turn some cash into uh, short-term assets via crypto? How about that one line on my balance sheet shows a real-time spot price of what the unrealized or realized gains are on those crypto assets? That'd be dope. I feel like that exists. That has to exist somewhere. It's just like I feel like it does free. too. But why don't <laughs> why don't they come up and say, "Hey, we're not trying to change the world here. We're just trying to make it easy for someone to read their balance sheet who also likes to run businesses and have crypto." I mean, like, you just talked like, with dope. you just talked with Token Tax on Block Channel. Was like Friday, I did, and it was great. yesterday. That yesterday, I did, and it was great. Uh, it was the day before yesterday. It was Friday. Friday. It was and, Friday, and, and it was amazing. Like people. People like that exist and they're building stuff. It's just yep. not universal. Like it's a, there's not, it's only there's only one Coinbase. Yeah, that's true. Alicia is oh, saying by the there way. was a piggy bank project for crypto and it went out of business, I guess. Pigs worked on the idea for three years, I guess. Wow. That sucks, man. Sorry, Filippo Jakob. You know. Uh, sorry, we miss you, uh, Filippo Jakob. Uh, looks like you were trying to about? do something. The CEO's name's at the bottom. Of what? Of Pigsby. Pigsby? Hmm. Yeah, look at, at the, the link uh, that Alicia put. Yeah. Oh, and this. Okay. Yeah. That's you guys a, were talking about terrible like, somebody spelled word. Like, how, why would you spell it that way? Maybe it's P-I-G-Z-B-E.com. And then maybe it was pronounced Pigs Bay, and that was too, too much for people. Some 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 ladies got offended. She's like, I ain't no Pigs Bay. That it. That could be that. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be nailed one it. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> but I guess, and so I ended this with, and like when I spoke this last thing. Everyone is trying to create universes and shit. It's annoying at the least and daunting at the most. And I specifically remember an interview, Corey, we had over on Block Channel, which, by the way, audience, if you don't know, Corey and I are also co-hosts um, of uh, Block Channel um, with Stephen Mackey, where he does a great job of curating great projects. And we do Block Channel, I don't know, once every three weeks or so. That seems to be the cadence. Uh, but we had an interview on there with some company I refuse to even remember because as they were talking, <laughs> they were like, they were like, oh, you know, we're going to, everyone's going to have their own galaxy. And then a galaxy oh, can have a subnet of stars. Yeah. You're talking about and, Urbit. And what you don't, what, and they were like, what you're trying, to, what you don't understand is that everyone is going to be their own universe. And we're trying to create that and empower that. And I was like, you sound like you're on drugs. And so, I remember that the rudest I've ever been is because it because we do do all audio. As I told Corey and Steven at the time that I'm not going to take place in this interview, and I left. I took I put my mic on mute and I got up and I walked away. I remember I was like, "This is." I remember the, like the level of butthurt you felt during that. You must have been in a bad mood because I, I like her bit personally, but maybe I was. But the like, the words they use and the way they talk about it, it's like, very hard to understand, and it's almost unapproachable because of how they've done it. But you're right. There's a lot of people just trying to rebuild stuff from the ground up. And it's and like, it why? 
Yeah, to me it doesn't make much sense. But like and I'm doing the I same know. thing. I can't I can't I can't bitch too much. Like status is trying to rebuild a bunch of stuff. From the ground up. I'm okay. I'm okay with rebuilding things from the ground up. I'm not okay with rebuilding things and then saying that like um I, like your way is the only way that's going to be the way things are done or no it's it has it's to just, be it's annoying the only thing that makes sense to me nowadays is i don't know maybe this is an argument we can have like is it better to make all of the decisions for the end user and force a specific type of thing that you think is best for them or to give them all the options and have them configure it the way they want Right, because if you have a, if you have a very strong opinion on how things should be, you're going to build software that reflects that decision. But if you if you build something that has a lot of options, you're saying like I'm not going to impose my opinion on other people. I'm going to let them do things the way they want to and provide them the options to do it. And those are two very different ways of building something. I, I think I have a solution to that, and maybe this is naive and maybe it's a little bit arrogant, but I do think that if someone is using your thing then most of them have opted into the ability for you to see how they're using that thing. And you should be educating and training your user base as time goes along and expose them to the things that may or may not be more complex or more advanced when the timing is right. When the timing is right. You could see someone using your thing. For example, let's let's whittle down to a very simple simple thing if i had a, a kid if i had a daughter and she was three and i got her an itty bitty bike a balance bike and she were riding that balance bike and then the first three months she was barreling in the mailboxes <laughs> just just left and right just fucking knee scrapes and blood and tears and fucking hello kitty shit all over the place like just barreling in the mailboxes but then on month five she avoids the first mailbox. And then on month Dude, you're, eight, you're waiting a long time. You, that's a long time to be watching your kid hit mailboxes. Sometimes you just got to let them learn the hard way over and over and over and over and over, <laughs> and over again. All right. So, so you're then, not watching Declan. You're not, you don't get to watch Declan. Sorry. <laughs> Declan is going to come back bloody and bruised with lessons. All right. So, anyway, sorry. Keep going. So, okay. Anyways, so maybe months are bad. Weeks. Let's bring it down to weeks. So week five, they're no longer hitting mailboxes. Dope. But then you realize they start to get a need for speed. So what do you do? Give them some fucking pedals. Say, hey, you weren't even riding a bike, bro. And they're going to like, what? That wasn't a bike? And like, no, it wasn't the real thing. It was just part of it. Here's the rest. Here's a, here's a little bit more. Here's some pedals. You can go as fast as you want. And then they go get on that pedals and they start fucking torque, bro. Straight young legs going just fucking torque, <laughs> boom, slam into another mailbox. And you're like, look, now you're back where you started, right? So you're going to have to go fast and not hit mailboxes, right? And then you notice, okay, cool, they don't do that. And then what do you do? Get them some gears, bro, speeds. Let's crank this shit up a notch. You can get more torque with the same amount of work. I'm going to give you some gears, little girl. You can go even faster. That's what I'm saying. There's ways to do this, but I just feel like people don't think that out. And then we're stuck in a situation where you have one company that's just dumping way high complex shit on people and another company like Uniswap that's baby stepping people into a very complex process. 
Jesse, you train boss. your user base. Hmm. I think a lot of big projects, big companies, they don't design specifically. They design very broadly to a large demographic. And I think that's how a lot of this is. A lot of this is for people who have the mentality of like, they want creative freedom over whatever they want to create within that space. Right. So like, I mean, even within the status app, you can create your own groups. You can probably have, you know, your own stickers at some point. You can create your own handles, your ENS, you know, your, your ENS derived handles that are through statuses domain. I don't know. It's, it's just like a lot of like, here, you can create your own stuff. Here's the, here's the sandbox. Here's the sand. People That's the like goal. That. Like, our goal of ours is to, is to help people build whatever they want to build and us See, not get in the so way of it. And that's the, what the marketing language is is trying to explain. And those marketing people may not have a good technical grasp on what the hell that the project is supposed to do. So that's their way of doing it. That's their way of expressing that to you. If you're the investor, you know, or if you're a potential customer, they go, we're going to promise you everything. We're going to give you a, a space within this space that we're creating to build your own stuff. Yeah, okay. these 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 got a point though. The like the, the maybe it's the marketing, maybe it's the design, maybe it's like because like well most and it's only up until now I think these conversations are actually happening, and designers are entering the space and talking about user experience and and making it seem like like making sure that people are building something that's solving a problem and not just like building a solution and searching for a problem, mm-hmm. um, and then building it in a way that's intuitive for the user to actually use it correctly. Because if you're building something, you are making some decisions on behalf of the user in some way, shape or form. And that's even just in the design of the project. Uh, you're, you're forcing some view that you have when you build a user interface that informs a user how they're supposed to be behaving within the application by like, what they're clicking, the flow, like what they, what they click to get to certain things, the layout, what's what's prioritized, and a lot of stuff like that. And we're only kind of just now getting to the point where people are realizing that's very important. It maybe engineers don't do a very good job of that when they're trying to broadcast something to you know a much much larger audience, like the world. They want to try and reinvent how people use money across the globe. Well, they're forcing a lot of their engineering principles and designs and, and, and thought processes on people who don't think that way, which makes it difficult for them to use it. And that's, that, that's mm-hmm. like rot and like how we name stuff, how we build stuff, how we market stuff, all this shit. It, it's yeah. difficult for people to use. And like, we've been arguing that like the usability of this technology sucks. It does. It does. I mean, it just, this is what, this will be my, um, probably, this would be my modest advice to people developing and building in this space in an earnest manner is find someone on your team who has pedagogical experience, who understands pedagogy and understands that humans think in a step-by-step process and can get down to which steps in those process they're missing 
because if you were doing that and you had someone on your team that understood that, then you wouldn't be launching such bullshit that I've been witnessing for the last eight years. And I'm tired of this shit, damn it. I'm tired of it. All right. So learn some pedagogy. I don't think right? that's if you need. I don't think I'd say you say that word. By the yeah, way, awesome word. Yes, it's a good word. I just pulled that shit up out. Out of the fucking archive. I don't think it's like pronounced Runs like bulgogi. Pedagogy. Like it's not like that. It's a pedagogy. Pedagogy? No, there's not. Why, why are you saying pedagogy? Like that? Yeah. I'm saying uh, pedagogical. <laughs> that may or may not be a word. How you teach something, the process of teaching is what, you're, is what the word means. Yes. That's what I'm getting at. Rant over. That's the end of the rant. Um, you know, Yagi, I hope you found what you were looking for. Um, no, he didn't. I talked to him. You could throw a stone in this industry and find someone who's trying to rebuild the universe. Trust me. So that's it. What do you guys want to talk to you? Let's uh, let's just cut the interview and have some discussion afterwards. All right. So this interview is uh, Sir Patrick Stanley. Uh, he may or may not be a knight, um, but he it was a good talk. Started rough, Patrick. Started rough. But you opened up and we started to get into some interesting ideas and see exactly what it is you're building over at Freehold. So uh, without further ado, here it is. Welcome back, everybody, for another wonderful interview on the Bitcoin podcast. Today, we got me, D, and Broke interviewing Patrick Stanley from Freehold. Uh, I'm quite curious about this one. I'm coming in from this interview. Um I wanted to do this a bit different. I usually do a lot of research and I wanted to come in as a new because this feels like something that this feels like a project that um, needs to be explained to people who are trying to enter into in, into like this industry and how to use it and how to maybe potentially gain from it. So, Patrick, why don't you start off by doing the normal thing and um, telling us where you came from, what you do and what Freehold is? Yeah, sure. So, um up until recently, I was the head of growth at Blockstack. So I joined Blockstack when it was essentially just the two founders and another employee and sort of scaled it um, over the past three years. It's about 30 employees there now. Um, and you know, we've grown over 400 applications on the platform. And you know, during that those three years, um, you know, I got a really close look at what people were building in the crypto space. And one of the fundamental sort of um, sort of things I noticed was um, there's there's sort of like this uh, this like a gap between web 2 and web 3 um, where uh, decentralized applications sort of sort of like occupy uh, like a worse feature set on average um, compared to web 2 applications and um, and they also didn't benefit from the business model of you know the traditional web web 2.0 companies and so I spent a lot of time just thinking about um, potential new business model innovations and, you know, cycled through probably like dozens of, of dozens or maybe even hundreds of different iterations and, and working with our community to kind of learn. And, and the one I, the one I've like stumbled upon um, is the freehold model. And so with the freehold, I'm obviously branding at that, but what the freehold model um, represents is a new type of relationship between um, founders and their communities. So founders, uh, so like, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook, um, 
pretty much just the people who had skin in the game were the fo first investors and the first employees. But we are all um, sort of using um, Facebook and its associated properties on a daily basis, pretty much. And we're essentially doing work on behalf of them. And to sort of ask myself the question, like, what, uh, how could we, how could we essentially create a new business model by, by having the user also be a staker in the application? So in order to use an application, you must claim a stake um, prior to entering. Um, and so there's a bunch of different um, sort of applications and ecosystems you can build around this concept. Um, so it's like HODL or GTFO as a, as a, as a principle. <laughs> um, and there's a bunch of different sort of ideas you can build out of this concept. Um, like you could have newsletters that are, that are uh, HODLer only subscriptions. You can, um, you can have um, sort of affinity tokens. So you could have like dollar sign vegan, dollar sign carnivore, dollar sign um, Mars, if you want to terraform Mars, you know, and presumably folks who are values aligned in, in those affinity tokens uh, may want to uh, see other values and ec economically aligned people um, and, and work with them. The way we're using it um, is we're validating it um, as a concept before allowing more freeholds to exist um, and getting folks who are stacks holders and Bitcoin holders to effectively do work on behalf of these protocols. And you know, we'll reward them for doing objectively impactful things uh, for those protocols, um, such as like referring new hodlers as like a very basic objective one and uh, objectively measurable one. And another thing being like mining throughput. Uh, you know, you could have a collective collective goal where a milestone is is issued or a milestone you know bonus is issued. Um, and and you can also you can also have folks just work on various technology related to uh, related to the uh, the token. Um, but the yeah, so maybe I'll stop there and, and kind of answer more questions that comes come out of that. So GTFO, um, I'm familiar with that acronym. Is there are there penalties if someone does GTFO? Or what you're mm -hmm. saying is no penalties, but we're trying to encourage you not to GTFO. No, if, you, if you are not hodling, you are not in the freehold. And um mm. and and um, sort of community builder founders will decide uh, how to sort of like um, re-nationalize or re-onboard that person. It might be simply they can just buy their way back in. It's like, hey, you have this history with us. You've done this work and you unhuddled so you don't get access to opportunities right now or app features right now. But yeah, you can get access turned on right away by just re-hodling the requisite amount. Some founders may say, Actually, you got to go to the front of the you got to go to the back of the line, and now you have to go through this process again. And so there's sort of like a penalty for unhodling. So what this kind of does is this shifts over, sort of paying people out from mercenaries over to missionaries, and really kind of leans into just like traditional traditional uh, corporate structures um, for sort of like mm. man man managing and and kind of like getting people to work together for a for a greater mission. Do you want is the is the end goal to get people to just buy something and hold on to it and never use it? Um, that's not necessarily the end goal. The like that can be one of the beginning goals and the defining one of the beginning defining features of that token. So like access control 
as, as a utility. And folks may choose to use that token for, uh, for a host of other of things that we haven't even thought of yet. Um, you know, including like having it be, um, having it be like a reserve currency for, um, for like, uh, for like a stable coin or something, or yeah, like, honestly, the list, you, know, you could probably think, we could probably think about ideas on this podcast if we even wanted to, but that's up to the community founder. However, uh, it is, I think it is possible for folks to develop software that has, um, that has tiers of hodling and certain features and opportunities that are available as a function and um, essentially keep those like fixed, almost like um, in the way that Bitcoin, you know, there's going to be 21 million tokens. There'll be some freeholds that are um, generated via smart contract um, potentially in the future. I'm just saying this could be for future um, exploration generated, like they're generated and they're sort of permanently there and they have, they have um, essentially a threshold for access into the corresponding applications. Mm. I just want to ask Corey, what's so wrong with buying something and not using it? People do that all the time. That's stupid. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, you buy expensive stuff and you don't use it. Like, China. that's stupid. People who do that are stupid. <laughs> no, that's not it. Like, you could buy all kinds of things and not use it. Like, that's sometimes okay. you just buy stuff. Talk to any investor who's buying stuff and not using it, who's not getting a return for it. like most of the people who park money are doing so because it has a specific, specific value for a long period of time. But like um, money that sits should be doing something for you. And that's kind of a rich, like rich person's mentality. Buying something and not using it, true. especially in terms of digital currency, is basically worthless. It's, it's, it's like a Ponzi scheme in a lot of ways. Corey, like, ask, ask, ask not what your currency can do for you, but what you can do for your currency. Yeah, like, yeah. You, like you need to be, like, there needs to be like application, like there, there needs utility function. And, and you can't just have price derived but totally off speculation and I could go out. Have it. Someone else should have some too. I could go out right now, buy a 64 Chevy and not use it. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll still be awesome. Okay. 10, 15 years from now. Bef- and it'll be worth that. more that then than when I bought it right it's, now. It's, it's stupid. Uh, we can get back to that. Uh, it's not stupid. It's a viable argument. I'm I'm curious as to like okay, I I agree with the the concepts you're talking about, and I think they're really valuable. What what is freehold? Like, can you walk me through like what exactly yeah. freehold is and what a user like what like how a user is going right. to use it? Yeah. So freehold right now is just a website where folks can apply to become freeholders and aka hodlers that do work on behalf of their token and right now we're going through i'll just tell you a snapshot of what it's doing today and, and what it will do right now we're doing interviews to kind of like make sure there's quality assurance uh, for the folks that are the first freeholders uh, in the stacks freehold and um and um once they've completed the first task or begin hodling you know in our case we're going to have a complete a task. Um, they will have done work and have earned some of the currency for that freehold. And once they've earned that currency, then they get continue to get access to future um, future work as a function of holding. So you can actually view it almost like um, almost like um, you know in startups there's vesting schedules, and if you leave a startup, you end your vesting schedule. Well, in this case, um, it's kind of similar in the sense that if you sort of unhodl. Well, at least you lose your opportunity to be, to continue contributing in the same way you had previously, or you lose it, access to it. Or what you does it mean to unhodl? 
Unhodl means to liquidate your assets. So it's capital flight ah. at it's capital flight at the speed of light. If you're not happy with a freehold, move to another one. Okay, or, so or, or move out it's, like it, it's, move it's ramping up like it's ramping up people's contribution to some specific cause. Mm-hmm. And almost like it's almost like a reputation system based on based on merit within some uh, set of rules that are defined. Uh, you, you like there, there will be, um, just as an artifact of operation, um, essentially like a, a HODL score that's associated with not only your historical holdings, but also your kind of cohorted impact or, um, kind of like your history of doing certain types of work. Uh, let me see if I can, let me see if I can like show you, I can like share my screen. I don't know if you guys publish a, we do not publish video, okay. so we will do our best to do a terrible job at describing what you're showing us. <laughs> no Just worries. Um, that's going to be Dee's He's the best. He's the best at this. So share I screen. Will. I want actually kind of want to hear. Let it. me see. <laughs> let me see what's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, let me, yeah. Let me share my screen. One moment. Present now. Uh, let's do entire screen. Cool. And we are recording this, so maybe it might be worth it to like cut this part out and like put it on YouTube or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm showing you my whole screen. Very dangerous. Um, ooh. ooh, yeah. Keep them tabs um, going like me. Yeah, and 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 uh, just super messy ba- desktop background. Um, so I kind of explained a little bit of, about this earlier. Utility of community and fundraising, Kickstarter. Typically, folks are not getting a, a, a stake in the actual thing that they're buying into, but they're they're benefiting the builder by essentially fundraising for the builder. The onus is on the builder to make that product valuable for the consumer. So the, re- the relationship is um, is is uh, very transactional. In, the relation, in a Coinbase situation, many people are buying stake in a token, but there are very few builders and actually very few users. Those stakeholders are essentially free riders, not to be confused with free loaders, like someone who crashes on your couch. These free riders are just holding holding their cryptocurrency and hoping these builders make something for those users for which they are not. Like you so, like all, all ICOs in 2017. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like I'd say, like yeah, probably 99% of ICOs. I think like us Bitcoiners sort of went through like a almost like a we almost got like DDoS attacked with like shitty uh, tokens that we we were like, okay, they all suck and. Most of them do. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that happened. That happened in early early Bitcoin days too, and they're just forking the, the the code base all the time. Get Alien Coin and Mars Coin. It's perfect. Go mine that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, just side point. Arguably, arguably, that sort of behavior is like is just very good for um, pretty much anyone involved in the in the crypto space, um, and, and and including Bitcoiners, I'd say. So this last model is the freehold model. It's the user stakeholder model. You can see like the builder and the user stakeholder can be one and the same, but the user stakeholder doesn't have to necessarily be a builder. They can just be a user if they'd like, but they are also a stakeholder. They cannot be a user without being a stakeholder. So I think I can explain this to the audience. So audience, what we're looking at, what we just went through was basically three different Venn diagrams of these relationships between a builder and a consumer, a builder and a user and a stakeholder, and then a builder and a user and stakeholder. Um, it's actually, you know, the picture actually does say a lot more than words. Uh, but in the case of freehold, the user and the stakeholder and builder are one and the same, except for there's a small, smaller set of builders. You said Venn diagram. What does that mean in the Venn diagram? D? So 
the 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 Venn the Venn, di- the, the Venn diagram is is essentially the the identity and the relationship between those identities. So a build so in the freehold example, a builder um, a builder would presumably also be a user staker. Um, however, a, and, and it exists within the larger circle of user staker. Um, but a user staker doesn't necessarily need to be a builder. And mm-hmm. and then and then with the kickstart model, you have like a Venn diagram where none of the circles are overlapping, for which the large the large uh, circle representing people is the consumer, and the small circle which is detached from it is the builder. And so that re- so kind of combining that relationship, um, I believe, can unlock a new business model for new types of founders. And those new types of founders, I believe, are going to be community builders as founders. So, like traditionally, throughout mm-hmm. like 2010s, so the 2000 and 2010s, um, there's been like two archetypes for founders. There's been engineers archetype, and that's like Mark Zuckerberg, Sergey Brin, etc. Um, and then there's salesperson as archetype, uh, salesperson as founder, and you know it's like Jobs, Benioff, and um, and the hybrid of those, by the way, is Elon Musk. Um, yeah. But now there's, there's going to be a third type of founder that I think that's going to mark this next decade, and that is community builder as founder. And so what I'm doing right now is I'm dogfooding my own uh, sort of product and building it as I'm dogfooding it so that I understand as, as a community builder that I am building something for myself that can also be shared with other people that want to effectively use this model to grow their, to grow their communities and businesses. So what you said is is incredibly important to me. Um, like the concept of community as founder. Uh, and I think that's going to be something that's specifically inherent to blockchain-based technologies. Uh, it's it Most of the time when you have, like the only reason any of these these coins have any value is because there's a, commun- a community behind them that, that gives it value. And so you, as someone who's pushing some type of concept platform, whatever that has a token attached to it, you need a very strong community over a long period of time to give it that value. And so if the person who's pushing it is literally the community leader um, and they're doing a good job, it stands the reason that the token behind it, if it's, if it's, if it's useful within whatever that community is doing, we'll gain, we'll gain value because there's more and more people finding value in that community. Right. Uh, so like, it seems as though what you're trying to do is build a framework that allows people to like that, that, that facilitates that type of behavior as opposed to like the previous one, the Kickstarter is like, Hey, I have this idea, throw money at me to let me do it, but you're not really going to get anything in return. As a, and right. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a good way of, that's a good way of, um, describing, describing, um, a good chunk of it for sure. So, um, I think it's all honestly just like more equitable, equitable too. Like, I feel like, I feel like politicians today do this, do this shtick where they treat the economy as like this zero sum game that, um, that like there are makers and there are takers, but the reality is value is created and, and grown all day, every day. Um, and, uh, economies expand and contract all the time. And I think, what I'm trying to harness is um, I'm trying to harness like human creativity, try to trying to make it easier for more people with ideas that they can get people, other people to help them build or help them realize. Uh, even if that, even if that idea is just 
them hanging out with each other in like virtual reality or something. That's even that's valuable, like human interaction. Um, I want to make it so that those people with creativity can go from a standing start to developing a very valuable, useful community um, that is essentially in service or at the very least very pro the idea represented by its token. And that token, in that, in a, and I think an easy way for these types of founders to get started is to use the token as access control into the application, and also, um, and also create a, a series, create essentially a framework for how they can start working with those token holders in a similar way that that uh, a CEO would work with uh, contractors and employees, um, but in this case, instead of paying them out in USD and um, maybe or maybe not giving them some equity in your company for which you as a founder might have like an outsized amount compared to all the sweat going into it by the other folks um, you're able to you're able to pay them in the actual token that they are using to use that app or gain access to that community so um yeah so like really that 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 access control mechanism uh kind of concept is like I think it's going to be very retro, retrospectively obvious in hindsight, um, but I'm, I'm, and that's why I'm really trying to move fast with this freehold model and try to validate it quickly, and then start to um, sort of uh, multiply the number of freeholds that exist, um, because I want to, I want to be a part of a lot of them, and I know people that want to build them. Mm. So, so I'm a person with ideas. I got lots of ideas. Oh, um, lots. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Like, you know, what other types of vegetables pop besides corn? There's got to be at least one other one. Those are the bad ones. It's a billion dollar industry right there. Popcorn's killing the vegetable popping game right now. But how do (laughs) Sorry, I can barely take myself seriously. Man, man, that ain't worth a damn thing. (laughs) But... I'm but totally joking. How do you ra- how do I use freehold to rally a community behind one of my good or shitty ideas? Like what's sure. the process? Yeah, sure. So, um once we once we <laughs> that's a great example. Um once we once we start getting folks um really kind of uh active within the free, within the first freehold, those folks will also have access to uh to uh sort of work for or access other freeholds. So you'll be able to reach out to folks who are familiar with this model, know what to do with it, and also have like a, some track record that is directionally useful. Um, so that's one way. So there's like a sort of human capital. Uh, in terms of like, um, in terms of getting started, um, you would have to, well, one way you could get started is you could issue your own token. Let's say you're creating the Dimitri Ferguson um uh, newsletter, and mm-hmm. and you know you rec- you don't require a yearly subscription in USD, but you you do um, you do require someone hold at least fifty Dimitric coins, um, and so what you're doing is you're you're essentially starting from a standing start and creating a piece of a piece of a scarce resource um, for access to your thoughts. And I, you, I'm just going off the top of the, on the top of the dome because your 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 example of like corn popping and stuff. Some people will want to listen to that. Some people won't. But the people that want to listen to it to the extent that 
they must listen to it, um, must acquire some of those tokens. So like for, I mean, if Elon Musk started a uh, freehold, are you telling me you wouldn't buy some of those coins and try to get access and see what's going on in there? Like, mm. okay, I, I, think, I get it. So you're creating yeah. some scarcity and then you're building barriers of entry to certain products or services that you offer to get access to that scarcity. Or, uh, I don't know. If, like, I don't know. I, I don't know yeah, yet yeah. if that's re- if that's reductive or not. I don't know yet. It, 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 that's one. That's definitely one way to look at it. Um, if if you have like a if your issuance, well, yeah, scarcity is involved. Blockchains have scarcity. So like if yeah. you have an issuance, if you have an issuance schedule that uh, let's say you're mining this token, if you have an issuance schedule that kind of like uh, it kind of is based on on what you think the demand will be over the future over the future, and that demand outstrips that that issuance schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, your my 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 assumption and to a significant enough degree, your my assumption is that you're going to, you know, you're going to have more demand for the token. The token's gonna token's gonna increase in value as a function of people trying to get it. It's like um, it's um, it's like um. So if you're a good if you're a good community builder, right? You can build a community around some. Mm-hmm. We'll call it. We'll call it whatever. X vegetable popping thing that D has come up with that is it actually mm-hmm. works right, and he he has all kinds of ways in which he wants to tell his audience about this type of stuff, and they're they're hungry to hear it, right? He he's really good at building a community about whatever dumb shit he's talking about at this point, <laughs> right? Does, does edamame pop? Do you know? Do you know? He's going to build a freehold and say like, all right, well here's the newsletter on what pop what vegetables pop and what don't, and people <laughs> really want to get after it. There and, and then he can basically create that scarcity and then apply certain thresholds of entry so that if the community wants to get that, they need to get access to that scarcity before they can get access to that content. And the process of doing that, if he's able to build the community appropriately, has a large demand for something, a large demand for what they would consider quality content. If the content's quality, my, my, Assumption yeah, would be. Yeah, I mean, like if, yeah. if they feel it's quality content, there's going to be a, a, a good a good amount mm-hmm. of demand for whatever the limited mm-hmm. supply is, and then you have mm-hmm. this kind of this like market, like almost like a micro market within whatever the hell D is trying to sell. This is what sure. I'm build come January. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks like Jesse. <laughs> Look, this is Patrick, so you're speaking uh, the language that Jesse is trying to do right now. See, so that's perfect. Jesse, Patrick, can you talk about that, I like Patrick? Because basically. Like let, let's 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 come up with like an analogy for this biologically. Uh, it's like there's a there's a semi permeable membrane, and that is the project that people are trying to get interested in, or you're trying to develop interest in, and kind of keep people who can actively develop the project and people who want to be free riders as part of the project. You're trying to make that semi permeable membrane less permeable and kind of more one-way directional to kind of keep people in it's 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 unidirectional but the i think the semi-permeable membrane makes sense as 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 a as a as an uh, an illusion and i think um you know having there be a little friction to get in and having there be a little friction to exit i think exists in this model friction to get in is gotta hodl you gotta earn it you gotta buy it or you gotta mine it one of those three Mm -hmm. ways or some combination if you're gonna exit you're making a decision. I'm now willing to exit, and li- I have to liquidate. And there's a there's a there's a essentially a societal cost within that little micro society, which is like you may not get back in so quickly. And so like 
you know, imagine, imagine doing this for like Bitcoiners or like link Marines instead of people like yeah. virtue. I mean, by the way, I, I'm not saying that this is practical in a public setting. Um, necessarily, I think people use pseudonyms, et cetera, but like a lot of people are just that like virtue signaling, but actually don't have a lot of holdings. And, um, what they're doing is they're playing a status game on Twitter, um, but not actually, um, playing uh, a value game in the real world. And so, and so they're essentially like noise in the system. They're, 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 even though they could be, uh, the purest of the pure of high priests, um, you know, they, they still actually they still actually might not have skin in the game. And I think that's actually important um, to essentially connect with people around your actual val like values in addition to your, your value in addition to your virtue. Like economically aligned communities, I think are like sort of just, my senses are just getting started. And like the demand I'm seeing right now, I, I, I was expecting upon launch to like really have to like muscle through this and like be like, I'm just gonna, you know, whatever happens if I get like 25 signups, I'm just gonna stay consistent. I got 250 signups in like the first week. The people who are interviewing, uh, who are hopping on, are like folks like you guys. Like they're they're really quality folks, and I'm like, okay, there's something here. I'm gonna at least explore it. So like my whole my whole thing with this is, I'm explaining the concept. This is all an experiment. I'm I want to see like I want us to exit the crypto casino. I want us to enter crypto civilization. And I think freeholds are kind of like a novel way to to potentially make that happen. And that's a quality know. quotable. I gotta say, Did you that's, say a, that's enter a the crypto casino. That, exit, exit the crypto casino. <laughs> exit the crypto casino. And enter the uh, what was it? The crypto uh, civilization. Civilization. That's a quality quotable. Maybe we that should put that quality. in like the, the tagline of this episode. Yeah, Alicia, lot, can you sure. add that, please? That's quality. Yeah. Uh, would would um. Would say some part of that is stolen from my friend Balaji Shirinavazan, who okay. um, has written a blog post about uh, name crypto, drop crypto civilization. Very proud yeah. to be friends with, with, with that person. <laughs> quality <laughs> quality friend to have. Yeah, he, he said a lot he, for like uh, trying to push the like try to get people to understand the general concepts of what this technology is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think you're right. There's like for the longest time, it's been, it's been, it's been very much casino-y uh, and it's going to, it's going to take things and efforts like this to get to a point where it's making a quality impact on community building and the way those communities interact with each other. And like, in especially in terms of like separating the signal from the noise, which is something you mentioned, uh, having economic weights within a community and the, um, game theory slash mechanism design of the system that incentivizes the right type of behavior within that system is very important. And I think we're just learning how to do that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to, and, and most of what's happened is a combination of gambling, and, but gambling based on a lot of experimentation uh, within that mechanism design. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. What you're describing is uh, a recursive system that is, yeah, for it's like on a micro level, it seems like so recursive. It's like, okay, what are we actually doing here? And on a macro level, it's like, okay, well, if you know, that that kind of toy, that kind of like DeFi toy or whatever, could end up just like growing into something very large that kind of becomes everything around us. And I, and I don't discount the possibility of that happening. But I will say that, um, and, and, and so like, and so what I guess what I'm saying there is like, 
not under not under uh, not underestimating that that movement at all, and may participate in that movement to some degree. But I do think that that movement is going on for a lack of better options, and that movement is going on essentially because crypto is back into a corner, trying to find business models, and like the way out is to find business models for people to graft onto and to make their own. And so, if you don't do that, you kind of end up in this like. I know you kind of end up in this like circular sort of situation where no real value is actually being created. Mm. The circle jerk. I was st- holding myself from using that term, but that's fine. So, it's a perfect, that, it's a oh, perfect term for the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Our shit's on HBO. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, but the uh, thing is, you know, <laughs> we're not on HBO. Yeah, just I wish fully, we were. You know, yeah. there, there, there is a climax involved. So I guess, I guess that that means something. That, that stands for something, right? Hey-oh! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know one thing. My newsletter is going to be called "What's Popping," and it's going <laughs> to be fifteen kernels to get in on that newsletter. Dude, I love your commit your commitment to like uh, to comedy or like just commitment to rather like the, j- the joke wasn't funny. Patrick, on the first little time. you know, what? my commitment to bad ideas is bar none, my friend. I saw bar none. Patrick, for, for what it's worth, I've known D for a very long time, and uh, this is this is not an act. This is D for real. He's been doing this, <laughs> this is... with me for a long time, and basically, our relationship is me shutting him down continuously. Oh yeah, and he hey, keeps man. coming back with like slightly better, terrible ideas. Yeah, you yeah. you you continuing to be friends with him is just validating his humor, man. So, like that that, that that's all this is about. I mean, I do, I do dad jokes um, all the time. That's that's I'm just trying to make sure you know people are not my enemies. They'll stick with me. Yeah. I'm um, only kidding. But that was actually really funny. It started off not funny, and then it got funnier, and then it was actually really funny the third time. It's it's all about perseverance, my friend. How did you stand up? Yeah, you had to. You, you you actually you actually you actually should give it give it a try long form though um, yeah like long form because people are going to be very upset with your content and at the end of it yeah. they're going to be dying that's that's one hour that's, long that's punch the, line. The set all right guys let's wrap this up uh freehold patrick how do people get a hold of you uh where do they go to find out more how do they start a freehold yeah um we are dealing with a lot an actual lot of volume and i'm gonna have to like pause applications um however you can still apply joinfreehold.com start there check it out you can sign up there and um you'll get uh you'll get an, an email kind of like letting you know what uh what what the status is uh eventually you'll get invited to an interview and then you know if you pass from there you're in the freehold and you can sort of get started and have fun with the rest of us awesome All right. thanks for coming thanks on and i look forward to seeing what yeah, are you doing, oh, yeah, Dee. Oh, what are you doing? Sorry. Man, All right, go ahead. Mention one more. May I mention one more thing? Our Twitter handle is at Join Freehold, and my Twitter handle is at Patrick W. Stanley. Nice, nice. I'll mention one thing and then ask you our trademark question. The mention is: Have you considered uh, Tom Petty's "Free Fallen," a remix of it? If you want to do some commercials, Freehold. I mean, is there? Uh, that that might be good. I was thinking of like then, Wilson, Wilson Wilson Phillips, like just hold on for one more day. You know that song. That's, that's a good one. That's, oh wait, that's, that's, better. Better. that's yeah. better. Yeah, throw D's idea out the window and run with yours. That's a better idea. See, see the thing is, is that Corey says my ideas are shitty. They're just iterations. I'm an iterative <laughs> thinker. I'm an iterative thinker. All right. Uh, my last question, Patrick, is in ten words or less. 
can you describe Bitcoin? Crystallized. We, yeah. we didn't even talk about Bitcoin. Should we say blockchain on this one, Corey? What do we say? No, it's no. Bitcoin. I mean, we're start we're starting with Bitcoin and a and a sort of sub blockchain of Bitcoin. So we we should we should ask that. I think we should ask that All question. Right. In ten words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? So I have two ways of describing it in ten words or less. I'll do two. Uh, crystallized robot sweat. Mm. <laughs> uh, here's oh, wow. one of my favorite definitions of Bitcoin oh, so far. Uh, this, we've been doing this like seven years. That could be one of my top three. But my real answer is uh, pillar for long-lasting, widespread, uh, wealthy civilization. Seven. So one, Which three, one do we one, include in the seven. book there? Pillar, for, the, pill, pillar for civilization. <laughs> How about that? Pillar for civilization. No. Crystallized robot sweats going in the book. Yeah, Sorry, like said crystallized <laughs> robot sweat definitely wins. Too funny. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This is great. It was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming by, man. Thank you. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with my man Patrick. Patrick Stanley from Freehold. Um, talk was pretty good. I thought it was good. It's been a few weeks since we had it, but I thought it was good. Has it been that long? What'd you guys think? It's very cool. Yeah, man. Time flies when you're just uh, living in a pandemic, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> this year, man. Oh, it's it's not funny, but it is. Anyways. Um, Corey, you said you, you want to talk about some stuff, man. What's up? Well, get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, part of that interview... Um, he struck on something that I think is core to what we're trying to do with all of this stuff. And that is like the community is the number one priority in all this. The community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite with that. My, my go-to pop culture reference is the, is, is the, Dave Chappelle's Rick James. It's like, unity. Yeah. <laughs> Community. You? I like it. I anyway, like that. That's actually better. Uh, yeah, like, it, I, I don't think it's maybe championed enough or focused on enough. Like, there is nothing. Nothing has value. Like, so, okay, you make, you make a digital scarcity. Cool. You make it out of thin air in a lot of ways. You can argue that it comes from like the energy put into uh, the miners that are doing things for proof of work, ergons, whatever, whatever you want to say. At the end of the day, the only thing that gives it value is the fact that someone else is willing to buy it from some from, from somebody. Like there's a market price because people are willing to sell it, and there and there are people who are willing to buy it, and that price changes based on the demand and how much people are willing to buy it based on whatever they perceive the value to be. It's just it's there's there's trustworthy digital scarcity that's fair um but the main point there is that the community the people who use these things that come together for various reasons and believe there's value associated with it is what gives it value and that's the same for any digital scarcity product project like you have to have a strong community for there to be any value in what you're doing and that takes time and that takes a lot of effort and that takes a lot of work and but like it, it's it's paramount to anything that actually succeeds, and especially in this space, is having a strong community behind whatever it is you're doing. And what happens is the price 
ends up becoming a proxy to the associated value the community is putting into itself. That's kind of the whole goal, right? Like it's supposed to be like a a self like a, like a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a cycle, like a self-feeding loop where the value being put into the ecosystem grows the value of the ecosystem, which makes people put more interests and work and effort and human capital into the ecosystem, which then makes it more valuable, so on and so forth, right? And so the price of any given token or the market cap is kind of a proxy for the collective value everyone's putting into it from the community. And as the community grows, there's more collective value, there's more effort, there's more work, and so on and so forth. And so whenever you're thinking about building a project or trying to evaluate if a project's worth its salt, you have to, you have to look at the community behind it and what, what their values are and what they're doing and what's all, what's all being done. I agree. It's, it's, um, community building is, uh, hard. It's tough. Well, it's hard because, because we haven't been doing that much. Well, that's because we're authentic. I think we're authentic and that's something that we should never give up. We don't like when we take money for something, we tell people when we say this and that, you know, we, we just, we're authentic. If you're authentic, it's easy to build a community because people are, uh, attracted to authenticity. Jesse, you going to do it? <laughs> there it is. There it is. I was waiting for somebody. Jesse's Jesse like, is refuse. not amused. I refuse. I refuse. Um, but I don't know. That's, Jesse, you came to us. You like you originally started out as like a a fan of the show when you joined the Slack, trade yeah. a bunch in the, in the early Tron days. I joined a whole bunch of communities back then, like because 2017 leading to 2018 was like peak trading, peak everybody was deep into the shit, and yeah, I just. It's like it's like a wave brings you in, and you're just like, huh, like you're on a beach. Yeah, but why'd you say here? Like I don't know. I just enjoyed everybody here. <laughs> Simple <go>. enough. <laughs> Enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. So. Had nothing to do with like uh, token values. Like there's no token here. Like. <laughs> That's true. Yet, huh? <laughs> I was All waiting right. for that. <laughs> no, stop. No, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um. Well, Jesse, you have anything? No, no, not really. We need a Jesse-centric talking point next week. Yeah, <laughs> you need to you need to come to the table with with uh, yeah. with fire, and we're gonna we're gonna yeah, stoke that I'm fire. Just I'm just interested, you know. I I'm just interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I wish like we I wish one day we actually had like a virtual roundtable, and like we yeah, you know what is this? Like we well. <laughs> It's a great question, <laughs> but like, you know, like, like, uh, like a little round table picture and our faces are on bodies. All right. So we need, like, like, we need to like do the podcast through like a, a virtual poker table. Yeah. Cause that's oh, what yeah, we actually, all look like. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Oh. I'm actually about to play poker later today. So I know you play poker, man. Corey yeah. plays poker. I, I abstain poker. from it. I can't control my emotions. So 
I can't win. No, no, you can't. That's cannot. how that goes. <laughs> That's how that goes. So um the word is pedagogy. Uh Google just taught me. Pedagogy? pedagogy. I've always said pedagogy. No, it's gaji. G-A-J looking thing. E. Pedagogy. Um play it. You can play it. Well, you're sound. not gonna hear it, but I can you play can. it. Hold on. <laughs> pedagogy. That's pedag pet. Pedagogy. That's what Google's saying. <laughs> quality, quality representation of the Google Voice job. Um, yeah. So I was, I'll leave you, you creators in this space. Not creators. This is that fucking word. You, you builders, you developers, you're building things, trying to do things new. It's like well, back in the day, uh, many, many moons ago, uh, when I taught geometry to the kids, and my favorite day of the whole school year was when was I the showed the day. kids. No, <laughs> that day was actually sad every year. It's one of those weird things. It's like, damn, some of these kids I'm never going to see again. And that's that. You just spend the whole year every day. But then like the coolest day was the beginning of the year when I showed them, you're going to start here measuring this line segment and you're going to end here finding the area of this like 22 point star. And they would be like, what like you can see their brains kind of melt a little bit and i love that because one i'm a, i like things simple it would instantly stratify my class into three tiers there were the kids that are going to do a lot the kids that are going to do just enough and the kids that ain't going to do shit so you would see that in their eyes so that would let me know <laughs> as a teacher okay those are going to be my a's those are going to be my b's those are going to be my what the fuck are you doings like the, the the like, I just needed that stratification. See the physical. Uh, what's the we're looking for the um, communication, the uh, non-verbal communication. I needed to see that in their eyes and in their shoulders to see who I could count on to get their shit done, and who I knew I was gonna have to just walk around and hover over. Like it was great, and you know, hey, and there's questions, T. Like on being a that? teacher, so. One thing I, I had a conversation about recently, relatively recently, was about the fact that as a teacher or somebody who teaches people, you tend to have more invested in the people who do well in the class and that seem enthusiastic about the material versus the kids who don't do so well. And it, you just you just don't feel that same magic, essentially, with wanting to teach them because they also don't seem interested or they just maybe they don't seem as capable and you know they don't do well you know they fail assessments how do you feel about that that those kind of kids get left behind in terms of the attention that they probably need from the teacher it's cyclical and it depends on the day and depends on the teacher some days you go in and you love the fact that you have that student that is going above and beyond to dive into content that you spent years studying and then other days, you're just like, I don't have time to answer your highly complex question right now because uh, over there in the back, you see Mikey who's chewing on my dry board eraser. I've got to make sure he understands uh, how to measure a line. So I'm a line segment. So, you know, just do the homework, smart person. Just you're probably smarter than me already. You're 14. Just do the shit, you know, so it really just kind of depends. And that's it's human nature. Right. So I would think that it depends. Uh, it, it honestly does. And it just 
it depends on the day. Sometimes you really want to go spend that extra time with someone who clearly missed several steps, several grades before. You've got the time, you've got the day, you feel like you make it work. You organize your classroom so that the, the people, I don't want to say smart kids, but the, the more. Why is that a know, problem? Apt- Why is that a bad thing? There are people who are smarter than others. That's the, Why that's is that a bad thing? No, no, no. Intellect is not, is not equally distributed. You will have smart it's not people. A bad, I don't think it's people. a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's not something that you can like just say out loud because people get all should. butthurt. I don't care. People I think you should. People get I, people get really butthurt. I've seen <laughs> teachers grading papers right at various levels of education. You know, anywhere from elementary all the way to you know graduate school, and mm-hmm. I know that I've seen people who are looking over these assignments or these projects and some of the quality that they have to look at, like the poor end of the spectrum, they're just like, how did this person make it here? And it's just like, it's some of the basic skills that they should have acquired at some point to get to that point that which they are currently at and looking at, it's like, they're not, they're non-existent. And they're like, I I don't know how to help them because they don't even have the basics to do, to understand what I'm teaching them at this point. Like, what do you do? You know, I would argue that, we're doing a disservice by letting people pass when they don't have the skills required to do the thing we we're telling them to. Yes, absolutely. That's um, when you end up with those situations. These kids are just left it? behind because they got there because they're able to pass for yeah. not doing something. Well, hence why I'm no longer a teacher. I, I knew I wasn't going to be a teacher anymore when I gave this student a 17. And then my boss called me in and said, you have to give this student a 50 because you have to give them a chance to pass. And I was like, if they're not gonna give themselves a chance, I'm not gonna waste my time. And she was like, that's not the way this works. And I said, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. Like, <laughs> so- uh, Something Alicia I did, just put, I did, yeah. something Alicia just put in, the, in the chat. She's, she's monitoring us keeping, us, keeping us honest. And so I think it's an important point, a distinction that I, I, I assumed other people uh, understand, but maybe not is that like not smart kids is not equal. It's like, it doesn't mean that they're not skilled kids. Like smart and skills are two different things. And that's a, like, it's very important to say like not being smart doesn't mean you're not going to be useful or skillful or something like that. That's not what we're trying to say. It's just like what I was mentioning earlier is like, we're like, whenever you give someone a credit for something they don't deserve because they didn't do the thing that the credit is is like a a symbol for you're doing that person a disservice especially when they get into more complicated things when you talk about education particularly math like you have to have those foundations in order for you to do any type of thing successfully later on down the line and that that works with any any real skill if you want to do something complex you need to understand how to do all the things that lead up to that complexity otherwise you're never going to get there no very true. I remember. So I'll tell the story, and then we'll leave it. And the, the the most trouble I ever got in as a teacher was because. Oh no! You're, I, I he hope was, this. You was terrible in school. Like you were a, you were a hellion. I was a bad student, but um, this one student I had. This is what I'm talking about, Jesse, about human nature, uh, mm-hmm. and what goes on in a classroom. And this isn't. I'm just going to tell it because I haven't been teaching it so long. But I was teaching the kids about surface area which is not if, if it's not, is if it's not taught meticulously 
um, you'll lose a lot of kids because they don't even think in that third dimension yet, right? So you got to break out the shape, show them how to do a 2D layout, show them it's just a combination of everything we've done all year. You're just doing it over and over and over again. And they just don't. They can't hack it. And so this one kid who was a particular cunt, um, one, day, one day I was showing them how to do an uh, an oct. Uh, oh, man, I can't even remember the prism. An oct. Octa. Gone. An octagon, that's a prism. I can't even remember the words now. And um, he goes, Mr. Ferguson, this is whack. I'm never going to need to know how to do this ever. So then I stopped because I was particularly angry that day, Jesse, because mm. of life shit. Something happened in my life outside of school. So then I stopped and I put my marker down. And I turned around and I started to do this. And <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, when you work at McDonald's, they teach you to salt the fries in the arches. You're going to need to know how to do this. And like everybody, everybody was like, he got so mad. And everybody was like, oh, my God. And I was like, and like, I was like, yes, that's it. He's never going to say anything ever again for the rest of the year. He, he's going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to be able to teach these kids. And I, he told his parents and, you know, it was. It was a rough month for me, but <laughs> that kid was a cunt. And I was like, look, man, you, you're not going to need to know the surface area, but you're going to need to know how to salt my fucking fries because I like them salted right. So uh, it was bad, but it was good at the same time. So anyways. Oh, man. Uh, damn. <laughs> um, damn. Wrap it yeah. up. Yeah, that was rough. That was a rough day. So that's what I'm saying. It depends on the day. Um, so if you like this show, you should subscribe. You know, ding the bell. Do the, you know, if you got a podcast app, there's a button on there. If we came to your earwaves, it's because you listen to stuff like our show. So they're like, hey, you know, you might like this. If you want to keep liking it, push the subscribe button and then you can like it every week, you know. Um, if you, uh, you know, there's other shit going on. We do, we got a YouTube where Jesse and I, um, we try to do the same show, but it never really lasts more than a month. And we <laughs> end up doing all <laughs> kinds of shit. So no, we're, we were crypto zombies for months now. I don't know what you're talking about. You've been learning a lot about solidity. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, we, all of this is evolving into something. It feels like it's evolving into something. Uh, but we're about three lessons deep on crypto zombies. We just learned about cooldowns and learned about um, how to apply the cooldown and how to make it automatically trigger. It was programming is not easy, and so um, it's been fun. You can catch that on Thursdays at seven o'clock Eastern time, and Jesse and I hop on there. But lately, we've been on this kick to learn about different kinds of ways to build NFTs. So that's kind of been what we've been looking at for a very specific reason to be made public later in the year, next year. That Jesse's that Jeffy that Jesse Snicker means, you know, it's happening. So then, uh, <laughs> and what else do we do? Corey has hashing it out, of course. Um, yeah. If you like, what's up? Yeah, I have Ashing Out. It's awesome. Everyone loves it. It's what the was best. 
What was that noise? What was that? That was me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't have an answer for that. Anyways, Corey has a show called Hashing It Out. He's been running for some years now. Um, if you find that this very uh, surface level discussion on all things crypto is just isn't enough, and you want to dive deeper, you want to go deeper than Harry Stamper and his crew in that documentary Armageddon, uh, you know, deeper than a mile, then you can watch Hashing It Out. Listen to Hashing It Out, uh, which airs whenever Corey gets it out. Is that? Yep. That's. I try, to, I try to aim for Thursdays. That doesn't happen all the time. And um, right now, it's you and and Jay and Dean and who? John. John. Um, it's getting a, it's gotten a lot of praise over the years in the Ethereum community for how uh, deep you guys are willing to go um, and into the nuance of these things that just fly over ninety seven percent of this space's head i could say that pretty confidently it's so, a it's a complicated space we try to make it mm-hmm. less complicated yep and then um what else is going on turn to slack talk here? to us there's a lot going on yep. on the slack a lot of a lot of conversations yep. that we can't keep up with that are very good yep. and very funny and very technical and very on spot with what's going on so join that say hello yep. We'll point you in the right you direction. Might just, you might just get a fucking job in crypto if you join our Slack. And there I'm have been more than more than one person in the in, in the history of that Slack that have gotten jobs based on the people, other people inside the Slack. Mm-hmm. Octagonal Prism. Thank you, Alicia. I don't know why that was defeating me when I was trying to say it. Um, do I do the cast? Alicia, should I do the casting call? Should I do the casting call? Jesse, should I do it? Yeah, yes, I should. I've been given the green light. All right, so we need some help uh, in this this marathon of a community build. We have some tools that we just, quite frankly, it's it's three parts: don't know how to use, don't know if we have the time to learn, and don't have the time to do. It's a combination of those three things. Which I know what you're thinking is like, why even partake? But we need someone who a can run a Patreon, knows how to, b can run a Shopify and knows how to, and C, can communicate well in English, preferred. Uh, so if you're that person, you should join the Slack and you should holla, holla, holla at myself, Fergalotti, Jesse, Jesse, and Corey. <laughs> Corey. So <I'm> petty. <laughs> petty, that's right. Petty is petty in the Slack. And Alicia, you are Hirojashib. Hirojashib. You've never been able to say that word. It just doesn't look right. My eyes to brain connection doesn't make me say that word right. But Hirojashib. I want to say Hirojashibi, but I know that's not it. So it is what it is. If you contact any of us four and you say, hey, I've got the skills I want to build, then we will put you in a position to do that successfully. And there will be monetary gains from it. There will be spoils, right? There will be. If you will. Yep, that's right. It's a side quest, baby. And we all know when you do all those side quests, you go to the boss fucking jacked up, fucking ready. Like that boss fight is going to be like three minutes long. You're not going to get your ass kicked like the first time, right? So come come on into the Slack. Go to thebitcoinpodcast.com. Push the button that says Slack. Join. If you can't follow those steps, you are dumb. (laughs) 
and we don't want you. If you can't follow those steps, you're definitely not getting a job. So <laughs> yeah, you're dumb, and we don't we don't want you. Sorry, uh, sorry. Got cut. Got cut it straight. All right. Shout out to uh, Zoe Saldana. You look gorgeous at 40, boo. Uh, shout out to Michelle Obama, of course. Keep doing those tricep, those dips. We love it. Um, play the outro. Mm-hmm.